while we've had the last few weeks, different people come in and stir us and prophetically speak to us and, and commission us and bring a fresh anointing to us. Today I felt there's, I want to hear from our house. So I've asked three, three different people where there's things just stirring and brewing and, and bubbling inside of them as far as what God is doing to come and speak to us. Are you ready for that, church? So before I get them up here, can we just give it up for our worship team? You guys did amazing today. Thank you so much. Dan, Johnny, Shauna, Travis, Jason, Sue, thank you. Alrighty. Okay, you ready? Our first person that we're going to have today come and share is our one and only, very only, Sam Hooker. Come on, Sam. Thanks, Dano. Hi, guys. How are you all doing today? First, I want to say I've been here for, oh, my math isn't good. I think I've been here for 10 months now, and it has been absolute joy just to be here, be a part of this church family, and just get to know all of you guys. It's actually just I don't know, it's just one of those seasons of my life where things are just overjoying. I'm growing so much. There's definitely growing pains, but it's been such an exciting season of my life and made possible by all of you guys because you're here. <laughs> so anyways, I was praying and what I really felt on my heart to talk about is how can we actually be strong and touch the world if we're disconnected with Jesus. And I feel like getting back to the basis today, I saw this picture and I saw, I saw this picture of a person staying at the end of this electrical wire and at the middle it was frayed and at the very end there was a little bit of sparks coming out and we were standing there just yelling like, why is this not happening? Why is this stuff not happening in my life? Why am I not producing the fruit that I want? And I felt like I've seen this in my life, just taking over a youth group and now two youth groups, that I'm almost looking for production and sometimes I miss the presence. And I feel like today, church, what God is saying, all of you, he's actually fighting for connection in all of our lives. He's actually saying to each of us without shame, without any of that, just saying, I want an intimate relationship with you. And the first starting point is, is something that we've all realized because we all love Jesus, we're all saved, is realizing that God is a person and he wants to have a relationship with us. I actually realized in the past, I don't know, little time, that I was trying to have a relationship with someone that I wasn't spending time with. Oh gosh, I said that. <laughs> I was actually trying to stay connected to someone and looking for the fruit in my life. Why is this fruit not ripe and flush? And I actually was, and the fruit was still there. It was still happening, it was still beautiful. But I was actually missing out on back in the bases where the connection was happening, guys. I just wanna tell you guys from the heart of the Father today that Jesus is looking for a fresh connection with all of you. And I feel like there's lies, there's fears, there's failures, there's expectations, hope, hopes that we have that don't come through like we want them to. And it actually affects the production sometimes. But I want to tell you guys, God is all about the presence, the relationship that he wants to have with you. And it's so easy to get from that. It's so easy as Americans in this culture to start doing the stuff. But Sometimes we forget who we're doing it for and why we're doing it. Guys, I just want to encourage you all today, as we get alone with Jesus, as you go home, spend time with him. Just schedule a time. Something I started doing, I just hung out with Tom and Dan, and I, they, I was just like, how can I connect with God? And Tom's like, Sam, wake up at 6 a.m., get out your Bible, speak in tongue for t tongues for 10 minutes. And I was like... Crap, it's that easy. And I just, guys, legit, I just totally, I just vulnerability with you guys. I got personally out of routine of doing that in my life and I lost connection 
with my father. Not like, not bad, like in a horrible way, but I just realized I missed, I was out of step. And there's no shame, no heaviness about it. And I just wanna let you guys know today that God is actually looking for a deeper connection with you. He's just, he really is. And there's just so many areas in our life where we are so hard on ourselves. And we're like, why aren't we producing the fruit? But God is actually looking back. He's like, hey, I actually want a relationship with you. So for us to be anointed to something, we have to be, in, we have to be connected with someone. The anointing isn't something just for ministry. It's actually a person. Anointed means smeared. So guys, I just want you to know today that when we are smeared with the presence of God, when we are anointed with him in his presence, when we spend time with him, he rubs off on us. And for us to have that impact in our daily lives, I would say the best starting point is connecting with Jesus every day. So guys, I just, I hope that encourages you. I had a few more stories that I wanted to share, but I'm just gonna hold it back because we got two more people coming up. But I just wanna encourage you guys, stay connected to Jesus. It's so simple what I'm sharing. It's not, I think it is profound, but it's just so simple. Just stay connected to Jesus and just get alone with him. Ask him, God, what is, what's actually causing disconnection between us? And I just feel like when we connect with God, when we find that place where there's a short in the wire, we're actually gonna see the power of God move through us more strongly than we ever had. There's a verse, and I think it's Matthew, and it's when Jesus walks on the water, it says, the moment he stepped into their boat, they appeared at the other side. And guys, as a church body, I feel like that's the word for us today. As we are connected to Jesus, the anointed one, we will actually appear at the other side. Things will start happening in our lives where we're just like, man, why isn't this happening? When we're connected with him, I feel like it's almost gonna be instantaneous. He is a God of the suddenly, he's a spontaneous God, and he loves all of you guys here. So I'll just say my charge to you today, guys, is just get alone with Jesus, connect with him, and I just absolute guarantee you, life will flow through you like you've never expected. Love you guys. Talia. Is Talia here? Talia is, I have time? Oh, cool. Well, the story, okay, I'll tell you about that because you're asking. Youth retreat next weekend, August 2nd through the 4th. We're having, if you know Tim Rudge, he's a guy from England, youth pastor there. Amazing dude, just loves Jesus. And I actually just had a few parents text me like, Sam, we know you, we know the people of this camp, and I'm, I'm sending my kid to this camp to encounter the Holy Spirit, because I know you guys will be ministering with the Holy Spirit, and kids' lives will be forever changed. It's something when we go for the production without the presence, God, guys, and it's just like, this whole youth retreat is just gonna be so for connecting kids with Jesus, and just showing them how to not just connect with him once, have one-off good encounter, but just connect with him, and sustain that through your entire lives. If you guys wanna, I don't know if you have any ideas of how you wanna contribute or anything like that, just let me know. I'll be at back today, but I'm so excited for the youth retreat. I think it's gonna be fabulous. I don't see Talia, so I'm taking some time. One of the things I had happen to me, and I wasn't, I wasn't actually, <laughs> I wasn't gonna share this, and I feel like I'm not saying this, I'm only saying this because I believe it's completely possible in all of your lives, guys. And it's just something where God so profoundly spoke to me, and he showed me just absolutely how much he loved me and he could use me even when I wasn't connected. Guys, when we don't feel connected, I just went through the story that God will still use you when you feel, we just have to step outside of our feelings, you know what I mean? And just, there was a moment in my life, I think I was in my second year of school at BSSM, and I don't think I really, I was just going through the motions. I don't think I connected with God for 
a long time. And just the place that I was feeling, I was feeling dry. Like if you would ask me to prophesy over someone, I'd be like, ah, can someone else do that? I'm just not feeling it right now. So I was going to a supermarket, like a convenience store, walking up there and just going to do nothing, you know, just hanging out. And uh, I was going to meet a friend and I see this dude laying there and he has a pool of blood under his head. Have I shared the story with you guys? No? There's this dude laying on the ground with a pool of blood under his head. His face was completely white and there was another dude running up to him. And I was literally just like, what the heck is going on? So I walk up and I'm like, hey man, what's going on? He's like, hey dude, this dude just fell on the ground. No idea what's going on. Turns out, um, I'd start talking to him like, hey bro, what's your name? And he's like, oh, my name's Forrest. And he's just on the ground, just barely alive. And I'm like, what's going on? Do you have chest pain? Like, are you having a heart attack? And he's like, get me my inhaler. And get him his inhaler. He takes his inhaler, call the ambulance. And in the span of about 15 minutes, I was just like, man, I'm just going to pray that God just heals him right now. Praying for him while my hand is on him, he actually, um, if you guys are doctors, I don't know if Rich is here today, he can confirm this. But the dude actually just had a little accident in his pants, just pooed himself and completely peed himself, signs that he died. His face turned completely purple. And while I had my hand on him, this dude actually just died and went to be with Jesus on the pavement. And I was just, guys, legit, this whole, like that whole next week, I was so distraught. Cause I don't know if you've heard about Bethel BSSM, they're like, we wanna see the dead raised, people healed. And I'm just like, how often do you get that chance? I finally had that chance and it didn't work. So the ambulance drove away slowly without its lights on. And I was just like, gosh, like it didn't work. Like why didn't God heal, heal this man? And uh, to wrap up the story, two weeks later, I went into Popeye's chicken, praise the Lord. And uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Uh, do you guys have Popeye's here? I think you do. Okay, good. This is the land of milk and honey. Anyways, um, so I went into this Popeye's and I look up and I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, man, he looks so familiar, a lot less purple and more alive. And I'm like, bro, is your name Forrest? And he's like, yeah, why the heck do you know my name? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I walk up to him and I'm just like, bro, can you just like sit down? Like, were you dead last week outside this convenience store? And he's like, yeah, bro, I died. Like, <laughs> like certifiably dead. And I was like, bro, I was praying for you. Like while you were, I guess you don't remember it, but I was praying for you, talk to you, and now you're alive. Like, bro, what's going on? He's like, yeah, man. Like, I was out in the woods and I was shed hunting for antlers, and then I literally came in to get a beverage and went, I was gonna go drive out into the middle of nowhere. So in this split second that he was one moment in the town, he actually died there. Luckily, if he would have died out in the woods, it would have been game over all by himself. Um, but in that moment, I'm talking to him and he said the doctor said that the verbatim out of the doctor's mouth was, I don't know what it is, like all the things were 95% clogged or whatever, 95% blockage, 99% blockage. Apparently it's bad. And he was just like, the doctor said, there's no reason why I should be alive. I, sh I already have a few stints in my heart. I should have died. And he was so dumbfounded that this man was still alive. So guys, I just want to encourage you. That whole week I was shaming myself. I was having all of these thoughts like, man, if only I read my Bible more or whatever, if I felt more into it, this guy would be living. And actually God not only healed that man, but he actually sent me in that man's way to show me, hey Sam, me in, inside of you is always active, always working, always able to touch whoever is around you. So, love you guys. Talia, it is all you, my friend.
Okay, so I was told that I can get up here so I can dismiss everyone. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Where's Shauna? Where's Shauna? I'm gonna be real black for you, okay? All right, so just a joke, no, don't, not, no offense, it's just a joke her and I had earlier, <laughs> okay. Actually, I had a whole thing prepared that the Lord had kind of given me that I was working on, and then this morning it kind of switched, and I just love being obedient to the Lord. But I really feel like doing worship, I heard the Lord say that we're in a season of next. We're not in a season of the past. We moved on to the season of next. And when I went to look up the word next in the dictionary and several other places, it says to be in a time, to be in a time, and it's like being present and futuristic at the same time, because you're on guard to go to the next place. And I really feel like the Lord is saying, we cannot stay in the past. We must move from the past, the hurts, the pain, from the past must stay in the past, but it's time for us to position ourselves to go forward to next, and that we need to stay in a position to do what's next. So what is next? Do anybody know? Anyone? Revival? How do we get there? Does anyone know that? <laughs> Prayer. Prayer. I think we were in a season of process and preparation before. In the last season, but this season, God is thrusting us forth to obtain those things that he placed in us or those things that he needed to deal with in us. So I'll give you an example. You may have been in prayer, such as myself, in the past, in a couple of years ago and up until now, asking the Lord, hey, Lord, there's some things I feel like that I, I need you to deal with in me. I don't like what I see necessarily, but hey, let me know, where's the root, where it's coming from? In that time, the Lord began to reveal things and highlight things to me that I needed to be able to see, identify with, and cast away. So at that time, I did that. But this was all in preparation for the next, which is, I'm standing in here now, but I'm, I'm actually in next. Get it? I know it's maybe sounding confusing, but just roll with me for a minute. <laughs> okay, so in Joshua, um, the Lord tells, I mean, Joshua, in Joshua, he's given an assignment, a task to do, which that's what we are given in order for revival to burst forth. And, <laughs> and, and so the Lord tells Joshua to be strong, to be of good courage, to be confident, to be bold. You can handle this task because God has equipped each one of us and anointed us to handle this season of next, which will bring forth the harvest. I feel in my spirit, I really strongly feel, Dan, you can rebuke me, I, I'll, I'll take it, you know. I, you always do. He never rebukes my husband, but he rebukes me all the time. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, but I really feel like in this season, um, the Lord wants us to identify with the anointing, the power and authority that he's placed in us to do these things. And I know sometimes those words may seem a little eh, scary to people, but I'm sorry, this is his doing. And 
So just as Isaiah was speaking of a week ago about ministering to people to spread the gospel, spreading the good news, sometimes we become fearful. Well, I feel like this. Jesus, when Jesus sent out the disciples in Luke, he told them, hey, you go, you do what I did, you tell them what I said. It's not on you. Tell them if they reject you, they're rejecting me. So I feel like if that pressure is off of us, and we know that we stand in liberty, that we should be able to flow freely and speak in truth and bring in good news to others. Now, as Isaiah 61, it tells us to, that we're what? Anybody know? I mean, Dan's been talking about this forever, so you should know. Okay, we're anointed to what? A whole bunch of stuff, right? We're anointed to, <laughs> we're anointed to bind. We're anointed to bring freedom. We're anointed to decree. We're anointed to do things that we just, out of us, supernaturally, we're anointed to do these things because God said so. In Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, in, Deuteronomy, in Genesis, Moses says, okay, well, I, I'm, not that, I'm not that clever, I'm not that good of a speaker, so like, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to tell these people? They're gonna say, who do you think you are? He said, tell them that the I am sent you. And if the I am has sent us, there should be no reservations. And so we should stand on the backs of fear, break fear, come forth boldly and courageously as God has given us and appointed us to do. How does that start? Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer and decree. Whatever God declares, we declare. We are the righteousness of God. We can do anything through Christ who strengthens us. Decree, decree those things over your household. Decree those things over your family, your workplace. You don't have to say it loud, but you know, just go. She's talking to herself, not really, but it's for your benefit. You know, I'm sorry, but those are the things that God has commanded us to do and we do possess the power and authority to do it. And I feel like we must take time to relish in our identity. You think about it, when Jesus went in, the, before Jesus went in the wilderness and he was baptized, God proclaimed his identity over him. He affirmed who he was. Then Jesus was able to go into the wilderness and tackle the enemy. God has given us our identity. When we said yes, he said this. So my word for you today is, if you, decide, if you see yourself backing back and not pushing forward in this season to next, tell yourself, it's not me, it's the I am who sent me. Lily, way to get a job, that's awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, morning church. So, um, got a couple minutes left here and uh, just wanted to talk and be, uh, be real about uh, a journey I've been on and kind of tie up uh, a couple of things we've talked about. Amazing uh, what God is speaking to us this morning through worship, through some of the words that we got, uh, through Sam and Talia. And so I just wanna share with you a real quick journey uh, that, uh, that has led me to share with you the, the process and in, in what I'm in, finding a deeper level and, and deeper layer in God. And so, uh, 
you know, when, when you get saved, the first thing that was eye-opening to me when you get saved is that you don't just get zapped to heaven. So I got saved in 2008, and it's like if the whole point is to pray a prayer or to make sure that your passport gets stamped to heaven, why are we still here afterwards? And like if that's the whole goal, then it's like, all right, mission accomplished. I've arrived. On to glory. And uh, what I realized is as I, as I started really digging into and studying different scripture and the meaning, all those times that Jesus would say like, hey, your faith has made you well, or you have been made whole, or it says it is by grace you've been saved. That word whole, healed, saved, it all came back to this root Greek word that a lot of you have heard, and maybe you don't know what it means, it's a four-letter word, sozo, S-O-Z-O. And when you look it up, it means to be made whole. Go figure. That's why they used it when Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. But when you dig in deeper, it actually means to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. So that is why what Jesus accomplished at the cross gives you the ability to be healed physically because he sozoed you. He made you whole. That's why when the lady touched his garment and the power went out from him, he said, your faith has made you well. Your faith brought sozo or this Greek word of wholeness upon you. And so a lot of times we look at being whole spiritually or whole physically but the soul realm, when you study it, is your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? And that's the part where sometimes, so that when, the, when Paul says, uh, for any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away, and now all things have become new. And when I prayed a prayer and I looked in the mirror, I'm like, I don't physically look new. All right. If I'm a, <laughs> I was a little chubby in 2008, I'm still chubby when I pray to prayer. So what happened? Why, I thought I was just made new. And then I look at my emotions and all of a sudden it's not like immediately, all of a sudden I'm the most patient person on earth, right? That didn't happen. Uh, so what's going on with this journey as we become more and more like Jesus, right? The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, it was my first favorite scripture. Uh, and then you end up with like 30 favorite scriptures. But it says uh, that we know that all things work together for our good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's great. And most of the time we're like, close the Bible, case closed. Everything's working for my good. But if you read on, it actually says that so we could be conformed into the image and likeness of Jesus because he is the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What does that mean? Jesus was the first man to be born who showed what it was like to walk with God completely emptied and surrendered of his divinity and showed you and then looked at the disciples and said, go do likewise, just as I've been sent, now I'm sending you. So he's the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, which is us, to go and do the things that Jesus did, all right? And so what happens is, a lot of times in my life, I get tripped up by myself. Has anyone realized by now, like you're your own biggest hindrance usually, okay? And it's very easy to say, oh, the dang devil, and sometimes it's like, I don't necessarily know if that was just me being me or the devil, but I recognize that Jesus gave me power and authority over the devil, and so I'm going to talk about that in a second, but the reality is it starts with me, all right? And actually, revival starts with me. And so when I get lit on fire, you ever had somebody or something get lit on fire? Like everything else they touch 
gets lit on fire. And so you have Peter who is walking and basically every time he says something, sometimes he gets it right. A lot of other times you could feel like everyone's like, <sighs> like Peter says something like, you know, I've got Jesus, I got to go to the cross. And Peter says, may it never be, you know, and they're like, okay, get, get behind me, Satan. And it's like, dude, you were just, just got divine download five minutes ago. And now you're getting rebuked by Jesus. But soon as Peter gets lit on fire, flames of tongues of fire come upon him. He's totally different. And everywhere he goes, other people get lit on fire. So much so the fact that if you read in Acts, as he's walking, people would put the cots and pull the, the paralytics and people out. So Jesus on his morning stroll with God, the, the anointing, the overshadowing of, G, of God on Peter was so great that his shadow would lean over and touch people and people would get up and get healed. Just not, He didn't pray for him. He didn't touch him. He was so on fire that his shadow was on fire and his shadow lit other people on fire. So what does that mean? It means I have to be sozoed. My life needs to be so whole and healed and healthy that everywhere that I'm walking, I'm a mini revival, regardless of anybody else, regardless if my spouse isn't in revival, regardless if my church is in revival, regardless if my boss is in revival, I can be in an internal revival and going on so much so that my shadow can overshadow other people and whatever's overshadowing me will overshadow everybody else. That's to the degree Peter walked, all right? And I, so I'm gonna take a few minutes. How do we get there? It sounds exciting, philosophical, like sure, we all want revival. Yes, we want to be lit on fire. And I want a lot, everyone else on fire that I touch. And what I've realized is my internal life. Has anyone realized that there's like a movie playing in your inner life? Like when you're at the grocery store, have you ever had this feeling like I've just been having a whole like scenario play out while I'm shopping for mac and cheese and kitty toys? And no one else knows this is going on but me. And you walk by someone and you kind of nod and you keep walking. And you're like, no one else knows this internal. And I'm the director of this movie that's going on in my life. And so that's why Paul says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, right? He says that's how you pull down strongholds in your life. And so if I want to get healthy and whole and pure, I used to be a builder with my dad, and the most important part of your building is your foundation. And that's what Sam was touching on to start with us, right? He said your foundation is to connect with God and be connected so much so that regardless of my feelings, my emotions, what's going on in my soul realm, that I'm fully connected and committed and my foundation is strong. All right. So now we get real. All right. Over the last year, I've, my family personally has felt like we're in like an absolute onslaught of adversity. The word would be adversity. Okay. And so I faced lots of different adversity in the last 11 years of being a Christian. And there's been some times where I've recognized like I am built up. My foundation is strong and I have like conquered like conquered situations of adversity that people are like, whoa, okay. That's what it looks like to be strong, all right? Last year, uh, many of you know we, we lost a baby that uh, we were 20, 21 weeks pregnant, and uh, that's a blow. I felt, recently I felt like, anyone ever watch YouTube Muhammad Ali videos? This dude would take a beating, and then all of a sudden, he would like, he would be bobbing and weaving, but he would get jabbed constantly, and then all of a sudden, it's like he would wear the other person out and just take over, and that was kind of his philosophy on boxing. 
We've been felt like we are just getting jabbed, annoying little jabs. Anybody else been feeling annoying jabs from life or the enemy or family or adversity? And so that's a pretty big blow. It would be like jab, 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 and then something like that happens in your life. So I don't even have a grid for that. I don't know how that lines up. That's like left hook, okay? And so now you're kind of staggering like this, like, whoa, got to shake that one off, okay? So we're in prayer. We invite people into community. All of a sudden... Uh, we're pregnant again, yay, due October 24th. Very exciting, awesome. God redeems, we're, we're believing, like, all right, obviously the, the daughter that we're having now is born for such a time as this. Like, there's a reason. I can't quite, I, honestly, I have to shelf what happened because I could be very, it could be very real to get offended at God or to have 30 why questions that cause me to be like, I don't understand life. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I'm just gonna take a seat on the bench and I'll just wait to go to heaven. Like, that's, that happens a lot with life in situation circumstances. And so I was somewhat teetering on like, man, I don't feel be, be strong, okay? And so we're now on, uh, we're pregnant now with baby Lucy, and about a month or two ago, Val's not feeling right, and we end up in the ER, okay, to check on this baby. Heightened little bit of nervousness and awareness of like, okay, and I, as I'm sitting in there, I realized in my own life, if I am called right now to be strong and have faith to move mountains and I'm supposed to lay hands on my wife, I'm not in a place of faith to even do that. That's how I felt. Like I had been rocked, I had been hit, and I'm sitting there and there and I'm like, I can't really even feel the place that I need to be in to partner with God to see breakthrough in this moment. And that was one of the most scariest times in my walk with God because I had seen so many overcoming victories. I had seen miracle working power, people get healed and saved, cancer dissolved. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and if my family needs me, I'm not equipped and ready. Praise God, everything was okay. And I'm like, luckily the Lord says, I won't put on you more than you can bear. And he knew, I believe he knew like, wow, if I really called and tapped on Brandon's shoulder right now, like he's not in a place of faith to move this mountain. And so he saved, saved us from a situation like that. But I've went home now over the past two months and I've been like, Lord, man, never find myself in a situation where I'm not ready to speak in faith, to walk in faith, to lay hands on the sick and say, see them recover. And so I've been doing this study. I, I just want to read you a couple of scriptures here for those of you who've been facing adversity or need. The, the word I've been feeling was adversity. All right. And so when you Google adversity, it's so funny. It gives you the definition. And then it literally says resilience in the face of adversity. And I'm like, that's exactly what I need to learn to tap into. We're, Jesus promised, this is never a promise you hear, but he promised in this life, you will face trials of many kind. But take heart and you, because I've overcome the world, okay? Nobody gets up here and says, he said, you know, that he, you can do all things with Christ who strengthens you and, and the silver and the gold is mine and just I've given you, when you hear all that stuff, no one really gets excited about in this life you will face trials of many kinds. That's not the kind of let, let's, let's get moving scripture. But it's a promise of God. But he says, take heart. 
And 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year, he says, fear not, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, right? Over and over and over again. And so I'm realizing I have to tap into being resilient in the face of adversity and be strong no matter what that internal movie is playing in my life and no matter what kind of outside situations and circumstances are happening to me. So here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 24, as if you weren't excited about facing trials of mankind. Anybody ever notice when, when the disciples stumbled, Jesus didn't really coddle them? Did anybody notice that? When the storm's blowing and they're professional fishermen and they say, don't you care that we're going to perish and die, Jesus? Jesus gets up, he doesn't say, it's okay, this was a really bad storm. Like, I didn't prepare you for this one. I'm, no, he actually rebuked the storm and then looked at them and rebuked them because they didn't have faith. And he actually said, you didn't even have to wake me up. Like, you could have rebuked the storm and I could have kept napping, which is what I wanted to do. Uh, that's the truth. And so this proverb says, if you faint when under pressure, you have need of courage. If you faint when under pressure, you have need of courage. If you slack or are careless in the day of distress, then your strength is limited. And another version says, if you falter in the time of trouble, how small is your strength? And as I read this proverb, I said, Lord, I want to be that man of faith and man of strength you've called me to, you called the dis disciples to. And so I'm, so I'm reading in the Bible, where does it talk about, like, how do you, I'm a practical person, like, I need one, two, three, four, okay? And it doesn't really work like that in, in Christianity, if you haven't noticed, it's not really a formula, but there's truth. So I said, all right, Lord, how do I get courage? How do I stand strong in distress? And how do I never find myself in a situation when I can't see breakthrough when I feel I'm supposed to? So Paul, if you guys know Apostle Paul, same kind of situation. Philippians, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether I'm fed or hungry, whether living with plenty or want. And then everybody knows their favorite part, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's the part we cling to, and I love that, and that that's my, was my third favorite scripture when I became a Christian, but it says the, the nugget in there is actually not that you can do all things, it's that I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So there was a place with the disciples on the boat that they could have been content and at peace. Uh, the Passion Translation says, I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. How is that? How awesome is that? I have, I've learned the secret of being content or I've been trained in the secret of overcoming all things. And that's what he was trying to teach the disciples and that's the eye-open experience I had when I'm sitting in the yard. ER, like, I need to be trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Because I'm called to be an overcomer, and what Dan teaches us is absolutely true. We're on the finished work of the cross, right? All authority and power on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, and he said, now what's been given to me, I give to you, go and do likewise. And what I'm saying is we have to be healed, healthy, and whole on the inside, mini revival happening so that wherever I go, whatever I encounter, there's breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So, you're like, I'm facing a mountain, an insurbonner mountain, a big issue that's getting in the way of me and actually having that breakthrough or being victorious. 
Again, I wish it was coddled. Sometimes we want to be coddled, but it doesn't really ever talk like that in the scripture. It actually says, Paul again, the trials in your life are no different than what others are experiencing. So first off, I don't like to give the enemy too much credit, too much credit, but real quick, he is the father of all lies, okay? So it's pretty basic. If you draw a line on a piece of paper and say, okay, the Bible says that Jesus came that you may have life and life abundantly. So you can write anything in your life that is abundance, that is love, peace, the fruit of the spirit. You can put it on one side of the paper and say very easily, that's God. And then it says the enemy comes to do nothing but steal, kill, and destroy. So take an inventory of your life and anything that is stealing from you, anything that is death or kill you, anything that is robbing you goes on the other side of the piece of paper. And now I can look at my life and say, am I supposed to be surrendered to something or am I supposed to be fighting? Because we're called to do battle and we're in a war, if you haven't realized, okay? We have the victory. I don't know if you, any World War II buffs. On, on, uh, on D-Day, when we stormed the beaches of Normandy, like that in all intents and purposes, like ended the war, as they said, like we had the victory. But there were all these mini battles that had to happen between D-Day and V-Day of when we had victory and there was full surrender, okay? Jesus resurrecting from the dead, D-Day, storming the beaches of Normandy. Between then and Jesus' return, there's these many battles that we have to fight that are going on. The enemy is still trying to come at you. He's the accuser of the brothers and sisters. He's trying to accuse God to men and men to God and whisper lies into you. But if you stay strong, you check that inventory in your life and you stand on what the Word says, we can be overcomers and victorious and experience revival, and that's the promise. It says there's no trial that is different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the trial to be more than what you could stand, and if you are faced with something, he will show you the way out so you can endure. How does he show you the way out? Getting alone with God, meeting with God, and it's usually when we get busy, the first thing to do that goes. And it's usually the last thing we do. We call a friend, we call our intercessors, we whine about it, we kind of get frustrated, and then we find like, all right, I guess I'll pray about it. Uh, Jesus says, when you pray, go and shut the door in secret, and the Father who is in secret will... Wait, the Father's already in secret. He's already there in the secret place. How do I meet with God? How do I know God? How do I know if he's going to be there? The promise of the word is that when you go into your prayer closet, your quiet place, your secret place, and shut the door, he already promised he's there. Just like in the garden when Adam was not there, he said, Adam, Adam, where are you? God was already there. In your prayer closet and quiet time, God is already there. The promise of scripture. And it says, to wrap up, Proverbs 24, for the lovers of God may suffer adversity and they may stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over and over and over again. Though you may fall, though you may get hit, though you may be getting taken jabs and backed up, the promise of God still stands that we are victorious and win in the end. And God is calling us to a place of surrender and let the garbage and junk go and be filled afresh, like Sam was saying, so we can go and do the great exploits. And I think sometimes we have to be real with ourselves and say, I've got to do business with God. I have to be in right mindset and be totally surrendered and open to what he wants to do. And so as we close, we're going to pray. 
And I want to encourage you, it's super easy. We've all got stuff going on. It's my father-in-law's birthday. Happy birthday, Pops. And so we're going, to, we're going to lunch. So I could already be saying like, all right, we got to go to lunch. We got to get going. Got to get Ariel home for a nap. I just want to take one minute and pause here, truly, and recognize that whatever you are up against, whatever you desire and want, right now we can do business with God and not get distracted and take a few minutes. And you do not have to leave out any door the same way that you came in. That's a promise. Wherever two or more are gathered, he's in our midst. So he's here. He's the almighty supernatural creator of heaven and the earth. Your problem is not too big for God. And so therefore, whatever needs to happen, if you need someone to lock arms and pray with you, let's just be real. Let's just say, hey, this thing has been on me and I can't seem to get victory and overcome. There's no shame, no judgment, because we already all know our identity. Dan has laid a foundation of knowing who you are in God so that whenever something foreign comes at me, I could say, that's not me. I'm not that. I know who I am. I'm not this feeling. I'm not this emotion. I'm not what so-and-so said I am. I'm what, I'm what God says I am. And so from that platform, I can fight and I can see victory in every area of my life. And then as I'm lit on fire and in revival, others are going to get lit on fire around me. Amen? So let's stand, let's pray. I'm gonna pray for us for a couple things that were said today and then we're gonna have the ministry come up and I'm telling you, you're with somebody, they'll wait. You've got plans. If you're anything like me, usually five minutes late anyway. What's it matter to come up and hold hands with someone and say, hey, can you just pray and back me in this? And I I need to be real with you for a second. And I want to be so healthy and whole that God fills every area where I'm at with with shazacked power from on high. Amen. Father God, we thank you so very, very much that you sent your son Jesus that Jesus lived the life we couldn't live he paid the price that we couldn't pay so that we could have right standing with you at this very moment and I thank you Jesus that you said that we could do your works and even greater works than these because you're with the father and because you sent your precious Holy Spirit and so Holy Spirit we ask you as we sung earlier to fall afresh on us right now I pray just like in Acts 4, where the ground where they were was shaken, they were filled again and spoke the word of God with boldness. Would you come and would you just help our hearts, places where we've been hurt, places where we've been disappointed, places where our expectations haven't been met. Just take a minute and right now just ask, Holy Spirit, is there an area of my life where I am disappointed or I've been hurt? He's so gentle, he's such a comforter. As he whispers it to you, as you see a picture, as you get a feeling, as that emotion comes. Lord, is there anything that I have harbored, that I have any baggage I'm carrying that I'm not meant to carry? Would you reveal it to us right now in Jesus' name? As he does, I really come with open hands, say, Lord Jesus, I trust you. I give you this. You said to cast my cares upon you because you care for me. I give this over to you and I'm asking you to fill that spot where I've carried this 
I release the disappointment. I forgive that person that I've been holding this against. Lord, I forgive myself for areas where I feel I've come up short and not, not lived up to my own expectations. And I'm asking you to fill me afresh with grace and mercy. Fall afresh on us, Holy Spirit. Amen. As we are held, healed and hold and healthy, Lord, send us out. We pray this week for encounters, encounters to share words of knowledge. I pray for a heightened awareness of your presence and your spirit speaking to us. I thank you that, uh, that each one of us have been given gifts from heaven to be used for the advancement of your kingdom, for lifting and encouraging up others. So I, we ask for, for this week strategic assignments. As we continue to meet with you, that you would give us words of wisdom, words of knowledge, that we would, we would live out this new covenant. It's not just about going to heaven, but about bringing the, the kingdom of God to everyone that we touch and encounter this week, Lord. Give us boldness. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Ministry team's going to come up if you want to walk through something with somebody. Or you need prayer, you need prayer for physical healing. Uh, there was a word earlier about the, the Father's heart. I think that's a real thing that's come up twice now and, and people came up to me. If you have issues with your earthly father, if you have unreconciled things with your earthly father, or Father God, you have a misconstrued, you're like, I've been hearing about everything I've ever been saying, that doesn't seem like the God I've known. Come forward and ask somebody to grab, grab hands and, uh, and pray with you. Okay. God is in the business of healing and restoring people. So if you need physical healing, emotional healing, anything anyone's talked or touched on today resonates with you, be bold, get out of your chair, come forward. The worship team is going to keep worshiping. Amen. 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 Church, can we give it up for our three speakers? That's so good. So encouraging. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Talia. Thank you, Sam. Church time is gone, so I'm going to release you. Just, I just want to provoke you again, though. Listen, every meeting must have a purpose. And we come here to encounter God so that we can be an encounter. We heard from Isaiah Williams last week. If you weren't here, get the tape, get the CD, get the podcast. But can I just remind you of the 10 second rule? Not to do with food. But when we have an encounter, we take that encounter where the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he's anointed us to something. And I'll just say this about charismatic churches. We don't just come just to get blessed so we can get blessed so we can get blessed so we can get blessed. We come to get blessed so that we can take that blessing and bless someone else. We have an encounter to be an encounter. The Spirit, the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me too. And here's a 10 second rule. This week, when you see someone who's sick, someone in need, someone in need of encouragement, don't say, I'll pray for you. Count to 10 in your own heart and say, I'd like to pray for you right now. And if you just remind us, Isaiah said this, two things will always show up, fear and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon us, has anointed us to set people free, to heal people. 
And in those moments, I promise you, this is, this is what God is doing and saying to us. We come on a Sunday to have an encounter with him so we can take that encounter to a world that desperately needs to know him. In Ezekiel 37, there was a valley of dry bones and so often we forget how it ends. And this army stood to its feet, this vast army. Now what? Oh, we can't just go back to be a valley of dry bones again just to get refreshed. No, we're an army fit for battle. It was a fighting unit that had been slain. So I want to provoke us towards something. I want to provoke us towards action. So I... That take everything we've heard today, take it, say, Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God, thank you for falling afresh on me. Thank you for anointing me too. Help me to love my mom and my dad and my brothers and my sisters, my neighbors and my people at work and my friends and people. Lord, help me to, as your anointing flows through me, to touch them, that as I count to 10 and, I, and I'm aware of the fear that comes, the intimidation that I'll recognize the anointing, that greater is he that is in me than he who's in the world. And as I lay hands and I speak those words of encouragement, your anointing will flow and captives will get set free. So church, I just want to pray a spirit of boldness in this place. You know where Adam in Genesis walked in the cool of the day? I'm sorry to mess with your theology, but that's actually the word ruach. The ruach of God, actually, Adam was walking in the breath of the day. He was walking in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. That was the cool of the day, ruach. He was walking in the very breath of God. He was walking in the presence of God. So God, as we leave this place, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you that you have anointed us. You've anointed your church. You've anointed husbands and wives and children. And Lord, without this dead work that falls upon us to do evangelism or do ministry, God, I thank you that that's who we are. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would encourage us, that you would refresh us, that as we leave and we get in our cars and we go home and we have lunch and this week, that we would be reminded that you've anointed us to something, that you've anointed us to someone, that you've anointed us to set captives free, that you've anointed us to bind up brokenhearted, that you've anointed us to comfort those who mourn and for those who grieve in Zion. And Lord, I thank you that you've called us to be oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord for the display of your splendor. And Lord, let our lives display your splendor, that as we encounter you in worship, as we encounter you this week in the secret place, that we would take it in just the normal way that we are, just being ourselves with you, the Spirit of the Lord upon us, to do the very thing that you've anointed us to do, and that's reach people in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you just go and say hi to somebody, greet someone, give someone a hug, bless someone.